0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory.
2: It's a live edition of the Casey Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. Maddie Lane, I got a bone to pick with you. You didn't think we were going to have news on Monday. You wanted to do offensive and defensive free agency preview and half the defensive players are gone and the Chiefs have a big move to make. What say you, sir?
3: I say that your logic is terrible because there's plenty of defensive free agents. <laughs> we're going to spend the entire back half of this show talking about what we would still do in free agency if we were the Chiefs. And half of those players are going to be defensive players. So why not just lump the two together? But that's okay. You can't bring me down, Kent, because it's a great night to be a fan of the world champion, the two-time mm, world two time world champion. Kansas city chiefs. And I got to say, someone's going to tell me in the comments, it's three time. I know I get it. It's not as fun <laughs> to say three time when one of them happened 20 years before I was born.
4: Listen, we, uh, we started this bit a while ago, um, specifically after the chiefs won their second super bowl. And you know what? It's it still place. We could just keep <laughs> it in the modern era. I don't know what's going to happen when the chiefs win next year, because they're protecting Patrick Mahomes, with their brand new offensive tackle, Juwan
2: Taylor. Mm. I can't wait to talk about this. I'm so excited to see the first domino fall in the chiefs off season plan, their off season reveal. And, the Chiefs move swiftly to address the whole left by Orlando Brown Jr. Obviously, you know the backstory. They failed to come to an agreement with an Orlando Brown Jr. They decided and elected not to place the franchise tag on him. Instead, are letting him test the market. And before Orlando Brown Jr. has found his next location, the Chiefs have already addressed the left tackle position by taking Jawan Taylor, the right tackle from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And what's fascinating, I mean, it, there's a lot. But the Chiefs are making the move of, uh, by all indications, and like some people are kind of leaving the door open a little bit to it, but it sounds like the Chiefs' intention is to put Jawan Taylor at left tackle, let him make the transition, uh, and protect Patrick Mahomes' blind side uh, with a guy that we had a first-round grade on on the in the original, original KC draft guide, Matthew um we did um I, I believe
3: i did the write-up for juan taylor that year and i okay. slapped a low fit on there and it stinks that this is going to now make the rounds right now and it's going to say low fit but if you read it i promise it makes more sense if you read why it, it was makes a, low fit. a
2: ton of sense now <laughs>
3: <laughs> but when you look at it it says low fit you're like well, wait why are they excited now well because the chiefs won have no offensive tackles they had two mm-hmm. very good ones when he was coming out of the draft and their schemes changed a little bit so Eddie, I digress because that's just I th- I see that floating around and I like I feel bad that it
2: says low fit and I know that question's
3: gonna come eventually.
2: I, um, hey, I gave the explanation in my post for it, so I mean it's you know. Hey, you I mean, he's got the um, link. He's got the athleticism.
4: That's what we're talking about. Like, he fits all of the Andy Reid's criteria. The problem was, he's more of a gap scheme guy. Guess what happened about midway through since (laughs) that came out? The Chiefs shifted to a whole bunch of guys that are really good in gap and not leaning on the zone stuff so much anymore. So, it makes perfect sense. Um, I think the thing that jumps out to me the most, Juwan Taylor, it's an awesome pass blocker. So, like, you're going to be able to rely on him, whether it be – Right tackle or left tackle, we're going to get into all of that here in a little bit, I'm sure. But even at right tackle there, he's really grown as a player and especially as a pass blocker. And, you know, if you got Patrick Mahomes back there, if you want to throw the ball as often as Andy Reid does. He makes more sense, more logical sense than a lot of other guys that you could have signed just because he's going to have the foot speed kind of protect up the arc. He's got the length to try and extend and push guys up to 12, 13 yards deep. It just makes more sense with the way that Patrick Mahomes plays to have a guy like this on the edge because he's a requisite enough athlete to play the way Andy Heck wants and he's got the length that Andy Reid wants. It just it just
2: makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I was watching uh the Super Bowl again last night. I such one. Uh way the, to choose oh, from. I'm Sorry, yes, because the Chiefs are two times Super There's Bowl. There's three of them left, yeah. three time. I can assure you I was I wasn't watching Super Bowl four. Um <laughs> but yeah, I was watching the game last night and and you know Greg Olson in on the broadcast is talking about you know how Patrick Mahomes knows and the Chiefs know that you know life's hard on the left tackles of the Kansas City Chiefs because of the depths that he drops to. Um, and so it's not, you know, it's it's a little bit tricky. It's a little bit interesting to navigate. But the measurables that the Chiefs acquired today. And, I mean, there's good tape out there, too. There's quality tape out there. Um, but the athletic profile, the length, all those things make a ton of sense for a guy who maybe drops a little bit deeper than most quarterbacks in the National Football League. And the foot quickness, you talk about, like, the one, like, Achilles heel of Orlando Brown, the biggest one. Orlando Brown was speed rushers he struggled with guys coming hot off the edge and you know they they went out and they took a guy and and grabbed a guy in free agency that's more than capable of handling some of that uh, a lot better than what Orlando Brown Jr. was capable of doing and I'll be honest I think they got him at a a cheaper price than what Orlando Brown Jr. was going to cost
3: I mean I think so. So everybody's, you know, heard if they listened earlier, they heard Tucker and I talk about this signing. So I'm going to let, you know, mostly you guys rip through a lot of this because people <laughs> have heard my voice go on and on about Jawan Taylor. I think the biggest thing, the one thing I want to say that you guys like just haven't brought up yet. It's the age he's 25, mm-hmm. like just turned mm-hmm. 25. He's young. We were talking about it, Mike McGlinchey. And when we get to talk about contracts, Mike McGlinchey signed for 17 and a half million dollars. He was the first domino of the offensive tackle market. Jawan Taylor's going to get another contract when he's the same age as Mike McGlinchey is right now. Hmm. Like you got to really wrap your mind around. He's literally going to be getting another contract when he's like the same age as Mike McGlinchey right now. So he's a young guy that's already been ascending despite having to spend a year under urban Myers tutelage and whatever that dumpster fire was last year, the year before with the Jaguars. So seeing a guy catching a guy on the upward trend, that's young. That is a better pass protector than what i a better natural pass protector than what they've had at either offensive Mm -hmm. tackle spot the last two years. I think that is just smart business. If you're the Kansas city chiefs with a Patrick Mahomes, at quarterback.
4: Absolutely. And I think the, the important part is not just that he's 25 is that he's growing into that. I, I know Maddie kind of alluded to it earlier today, but I want to reinforce this first two years that he played in Jacksonville he was playing with Blake Bortles and oh my goodness who else i it just it was a it was pretty terrible quarterback play and not necessarily an offense that was conducive to what he did best they get Trevor Lawrence they saw they have Urban Meyer as part of the organization and now all of a sudden Oof. you have Urban Meyer's offense wrecking that entire team you saw the growth in that offense from the uh, Urban Meyer year To basically, you know, Doug Peterson last year. It was light years. And the benefit of that was not just Trevor Lawrence, but it was also Jawan Taylor. He looks so much more comfortable in that offense, so much more comfortable doing the types of things that he is going to do in Kansas City because that's a Doug Peterson offense, Mm -hmm. an Andy Reid offense. They are very, similar. You're going to have a lot of stuff there. And I know people are going to look at this and they're going to say, you know, $20 million, you know, either he's playing right tackle and that's a lot of money for a right tackle, or you're shifting him to left tackle and you're paying him $20 million for a guy that's not really played left tackle very much. Just a few games here and there at college. But these guys can attest to this. When Mike McGlinchey signed earlier today for $17 and a half million, I sent them all a message that said, Juwan's floor is nineteen. So getting him at 20, that's right in the the realm of what you would expect. So even if he does stay at right tackle, I don't think that that's too terribly much to be paying for a guy that you're going to be able to lean on, protect your quarterback, and make sure that you have at least one edge shored up enough to where you don't have to offer chip help over there.
2: So many things I love about the decision that the Chiefs made. And I think the process the Chiefs made, believe it or not. Because, you know, like, okay, so we've all played Madden in our lives and we've all switched a right tackle over to left tackle in a franchise mode. Like we've all done it, you know, and it, it sometimes randomly like the attributes, like will they'll go up and the player will be back. That's not what I'm saying is the case here, but I think the chiefs have since Eric Fisher tore his Achilles in the AFC championship game against the Buffalo bills, something that really was a big domino to fall in their demise in that Super Bowl. And, you know, it, it put them on a course for desperation where both tackles were gone um, with because Mitchell Schwartz as well, um, which was on, Mitchell Schwartz didn't play another snap of football after that. Um, you know, they they had to go out of desperation to try to figure out their tackle situation. So what did they do? They got creative. They went and grabbed a, right, a guy that predominantly played right tackle. Uh, had less than a thousand snaps at left tackle. I moved him over and protected Patrick Mahomes' backside or blind side for the last two years. I can see Jordan smiling in the background. Um, but that's not the first time that this team has done this because Eric Fisher was the first pick in Andy Reid's tenure here in Kansas City. And in their first season in Kansas City, they put him over on the right side and then transitioned him over to the left side. So this is a coaching staff that has dealt with transitioning players over to the left tackle position at a, at a you know more than one time and they've had success doing it arguably every single time. Um they have acted swiftly to address the biggest need that they have on this football team within minutes. I mean they put together a 4-year 80 million dollar contract with 60 million dollars guaranteed in 30 minutes didn't talk to Jawan Taylor's people once <laughs> before the legal tampering period. Just what a remarkable uh, feat to be able to come to that kind of agreement in just a matter of – I mean, it wasn't quite that. It was like an hour. So, wow. I mean, credit to all of them. But I just I, – I think the process is really smart because I think that they've shown and they've got a track record of doing it. They've got a great left guard to pair with him over on that side of the football. Um, I just think there's just so much that makes sense – big picture about the move and I'm glad they did it. You know, that's a very bold thing to do to give somebody $20 million to try to put them over on the left side. Um, But they're it, by all indications, they're doing it. And I believe that this move will work well for them. And th- some people are saying, well, maybe he's not going to be as good as Orlando Brown. Maybe not. who cares? Orlando Brown wasn't coming at this price point. He was not going to play for the Kansas City Chiefs at twenty million API APY, and by, who knows what he's going to wind up getting. But the Chiefs got a deal done before he got you know he got signed. Even I, that that's an interesting that's an interesting point to me too, honestly. So I I'm thrilled with this process. I, I like the results of it, and there's plenty more to unpack with this. But I, I probably need to shut up now because I've probably been talking for two minutes.
3: <laughs> I mean, so. Um, yeah, I think we outlined this process a little bit earlier in the week about how spending some money on a, on a right tackle and in trying to address left tackle in the draft might be a more reasonable approach because you won't have to trade assets to get a right tackle. The gap between left tackle and right tackle is smaller than it's been in the past. So on and so forth, we've kind of built out the whole process of why it would work. The chiefs did that only now they're moving the right tackle to the left side. and I don't. You know, I don't have any care one way or the other. I trust Andy Heck, Andy Reid to figure out if they feel comfortable. They scouted. They, I, I wish I had remembered to go back and look. I wonder if they had Juwan Taylor in for a visitor or workout in 2019. They didn't have a chance to draft him because they had traded their first round pick for Frank Clark. But they probably got a good look at him, whether it was at the combine or maybe even a visit that year they might've seen him take some left-handed pass sets and be like, Oh, nope, you're good. They probably watched his two games at left tackle at Florida and said, Nope, he can do it when we see his athleticism and his movement ability. Right? So if they think he can, we'll believe that he can worst case scenario, worst case scenario, they get into camp, he can't do it. And they're like, guess you're playing on the right side. And guess what? You're better than Mike McGlinchey. So if I paid you a little bit more, Mm -hmm. who cares? We solved one of our tackle problems. And now it sounds like with all the news releases, I th- I personally do think they are completely comfortable with him starting your left tackle. I don't think there's any concern right now from them that they can go into next year with him as your left tackle. If for some reason Broderick Jones is hanging out there at pick 27 and they want to go up and get him and move Jawan Taylor, guess what they can do? They can move him back to right tackle where he's played his whole career. I do think there's like a path for that to happen, but I don't think they're planning on it. So I'm sure we're going to talk about more tackle stuff soon. Yep. I don't think they're trying to trade for Tunsil now. And would I hate it? No. I don't think they're still trying to, though. I don't think that you're going to pay that much money for a right tackle and then trade for a market-setting left tackle directly afterwards, right? Like I think that's a little too much. But like the move, everything about the process, I think, was perfect. Not so fast.
4: I'm willing to have Not this conversation no. right now no, because no. over the past two years, the Kansas City Chiefs. I know that we're looking at this and going, "Ah, Kansas City Chiefs aren't going to play." Two offensive tackles top dollar, and this doesn't necessarily mean Laramie Tunsil, it could mean Orlando Brown Jr. for all we know. Like he's still out there on the no, I don't think so. I don't think it's so either. I don't think so either. But let's for all intents and purposes, because we have had a lot of comments and they're asking about obj and all of that. That's Orlando Brown Jr. Sorry, I need to need to stop doing that. Orlando we shorthand it all the time in the text. We shorthand it all the time. It is Orlando, it's Lando talking about here. Lando. But basically, two years ago, the Kansas City Chiefs were trying to sign Trent Williams to a market-setting offensive tackle deal at the same time that they were signing Joe Tooney to a market-setting guard deal. Last year, they offered Orlando Brown Jr. a market-setting tackle deal and were looking to sign Tyreek Hill for, at that time prior to Devontae Adams signing, a market-setting wide receiver deal. Now you got a guy, Jawan Taylor, that's $20 million. It's not necessarily a market-setting right tackle deal, but it's way up there. So if you wanted to tell me that they were going to make another splash signing, they have shown a history of wanting to do exactly that with some guys lately. I'm not saying that that Laramie Tunsil is on his way to Kansas City by any means, but that could be a situation where if the trade compensation was right, I don't think the money is going to stop them because I truly think that they could sign both of those guys and Jawan Taylor you can get out of in three years. Guess whose big money is going to be hitting in three years? Creed Humphrey. You could sign Laramie Tunsil in a way that his money also can coincide with that sort of deal, and you can get out after three or four years. Just because you're signing these guys to big money right now does not mean that you are just completely ignoring the cap, that you are kicking the can down the road. They have been looking to pay two guys big money for the last three off seasons Joe Tooney Aren't will Aren't the books, Probably. Probably. Next but they're already year. playing
3: Tutie, though, right? That's one of your correct. two already. I think so. You yeah, but third.
4: it's a but it's a low cap hit this year. You extend Laramie Tunsil. It, it, you've got a low cap hit on Jawan Taylor. I'm just saying there are ways to make it happen. I'm I, not saying that it's highly likely or anything. I think it's well, less likely. I really but, do think that it's not super likely. I'm just going to push back a little bit on the whole. They're definitely not trying to sign a free agent left tackle because or trade for the
2: top left tackle because
4: I could see them still doing it.
2: I just, you've got, you've got a Chris Jones extension out there. That's going to be a big money deal this year. You're paying Joe Tooney tw- his cap numbers, $22 million this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, also all that stuff happened before Patrick LeVon Mahomes cap hits started increasing at an alarmingly high rate. Well, there's nothing alarming. I'd pay him double this. Like just, oh, yeah. you know, you, me and Makes Maddie catching passes from him. I don't care, but I just, I don't know. I think the circumstances are a little bit different. And I think, you know, we talk about the second phase of this. I think they're starting to move. They might be moving a little bit away from that. And you can't put that many, uh, you know, resources into one group. not going to complain, though, because I think a good offensive line in front of Patrick Mahomes is also a very good thing. Also a very good thing. A quick break. We'll be right back after this.
1: You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this.
5: Folks, i got to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Athletic Greens. I've been taking AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day, and I gave it a try because I wanted to get that better gut health. I wanted to uh, have the sustained energy. you got to support the immune system, especially this time of the year. And I hated taking all those pills and vitamins to actually get all those supplements, and it tastes great as well. I take it in the morning before I start my day, before I make that cup of coffee, and it makes me feel ready to take on everything that we've got going on here at KCSN. And you know, all great athletes take care of their body. I'm not the same kind of athlete as Patrick Mahomes, but I still like to take care of my body, and that's when I, I've been going to AG1. That's why I'm a huge fan. You get all the nutrition in just one little cup. It's, it's a great, it's great for long-term gut health support as well with just 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplemental routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash KCSN. That's athleticgreens.com slash KCSN. Check it out.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
2: Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching right now. Appreciate everybody hanging out. Leave some comments. Tell us what you want to see the Chiefs do for the remainder of free agency. We're going to be breaking a little bit of that down later as well. Also, a very good time to mention everybody watching right now. Look, the Chiefs have taken one big step towards building this team for the future and for next year. Uh, The draft's always a big piece of that as well. We have the KCSN draft guide. It's available for pre-order It's $12.99, and you get 300-plus pages of Chiefs-specific draft content. You get 225 write-ups on prospects and how they fit the Chiefs. Uh, You're going to get all kinds of great stuff. You're also getting three months to KCSN Substack, all for $12.99. So there's a link in the description of this show. You go pre-order it. The book's going to release on April 5th, but you're going to get all of that. Uh, you're gonna get the three-month subscription pretty quick here, but you're going to get the book when it releases on April 5th. Uh, it's a pretty cool resource. We have, and the funny thing is, so this is the fifth edition of our book. We had a write-up on Jawan Taylor. We had a page on Jawan Taylor. Maddie was kind of talking about it earlier. Um, so we're starting to start, we're starting to see free agents and more players the Chiefs are acquiring in these books. It's kind of a fun thing and a fun, you know, we we like to post all those when all they're acquired. So yeah, the link is in the description of the show if you're watching it. Link is in the description of the show if you're listening to it wherever you are. Uh, okay, so I think Jordan had a comment he wanted to throw up there real quick uh, for us. So Jordan, do you still have that? Nope, nope, never mind. All right, good. Uh, sweet. Good job, so, team. Yeah. Right. Oh, thanks, are thanks, we still thanks. talking Taylor? I think we need to talk Taylor in the tackle position and moving forward next. But yeah, so you go where you want to go.
3: No, I just didn't know if we were if we were getting out of here, um, like to a different position group. No, let's go tackle defense still. to cover. Okay, there's we're more, still on tackle. There is oh, okay. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So there's more here. This tackle that I'm talking about, I'm talking about tackles more because there's more here to talk about. Um, Craig, okay. what do you got?
4: I got I got tackles. I got tackles to talk about. No, I I, I do think that we've seen the market kind of go pretty hard, especially at the right tackle market the during this one, but um. Orlando Brown Jr., obviously still out there. We're kind of waiting to hear. And obviously, I've seen a lot of people that have been like, oh, his market must be gone. He hasn't signed already. Nah, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, they can't sign or do anything until Wednesday anyway. Let it play out. We'll see what happens with Orlando Brown Jr. But I do think the pivot should be the approach to tackle here. And Maddie kind of alluded to it earlier there. You have the flexibility with Jawan Taylor to play him at left tackle or at right tackle. Now you want to sit at 31 in the draft. If you're sitting there and you're just waiting and seeing Anton Harrison, Keeps falling. Maybe you feel more comfortable with him playing left tackle. Again, you don't have to offer Chip help over there to Juwan Taylor. You can just kind of let him play out over there. Offer some help to Anton. Put him next to Joe Tooney. Develop that guy as your franchise left tackle going forward. I'm cool with that move. Or you leave Juwan Taylor over there. Let's say Dewan Jones falls to you. Big guy that can slide out a little bit. Has crazy length to him. Andy Reid's dream you know, right tackle there, play him over there, offer him a little bit help against some speed rushers, knowing that he's not going to get beat inside because he's just got those giant mitts and he's such a mountain of a man. It allows you so much more flexibility. And if we know anything about Brett Veach is that he wants to go into the draft with the most amount of flexibility that he possibly can have at the positions of need there. That gives him a ton of room to work with here. Having a guy that's not locked into either left tackle or right tackle until after April is immense. It really is. And I like that you're going to be able to sign that guy and tell him, hey, we're cool with you playing whatever, as long as you're cool with playing whatever, and it sounds like he is. That's just so, it it is so awesome to have going into that. It, It can't be understated how comfortable Andy Heck, and the Chiefs run office have to be after making this move.
3: I, I, I'm coming back in now. I'm coming back in. Coming in hot it. with this tackle talk. Sure. Um, tackle, on, tackle,
2: tackle, tackle, I, tackle,
3: tackle. <laughs> okay, and Kit, what do you have about tackle? Um, no, no, go. it's fine. So, it's fine. Uh, the Chiefs, I think, yes. I think Craig outlined some of these options that you could still see in round one that are certainly going to be on the Chiefs' plate, but I don't know if the Chiefs are locked into tackle anymore. I think that was generally no, his point, not. right, is that mm-hmm. they now have filled, mm-hmm. like, at least one of, or the biggest need they have. They have one known commodity at tackle. Yeah, there's a little bit of a positional switch here that you have to deal with, but there's a known commodity at tackle. Now you're just going to... It sounds like there's some hope for Lucas Niang. He did come back, get to the second string right tackle when Andrew Wiley did, you know, and for the Super Bowl when Andrew Wiley had to come out for a play. So maybe there is still some hope there for a talented player that's battled through some injury stuff. But even if not, they don't have to go tackle in round one. If you feel good about Jawan Taylor... You might be able to wait till day two. You might be able to find somebody. In the, you might be able to find, God forbid, a Blake Freeland on day two and see if he can win a starting job. A Wanya Morris out of Oklahoma. Maybe these right tackles aren't as coveted as we think. Maybe Darnell Wright and Dewan Jones are getting a little bit of an offseason hype and push up the board in a questionable offensive tackle class. Look what tackles are making in free agency. The NFL oh, yeah. thing. Questionable offensive tackle <laughs> draft class, yeah. right? So maybe these right tackles fall a little bit and maybe they can snag one day too. So I just, I do think it's worth noting that, yeah, Anton Harrison, Broderick Jones falling, Anton Harrison, Darnell Wright, these guys are all options in round one. For sure, they are an option, but I don't think the Chiefs have to go that route anymore. And I think that was the biggest part. That was the reason I wanted them to go sign, not just straight up for a tackle, go sign one, because now the draft board kind of opens mm. up and they still have plenty of, you know, other holes on this
2: roster that we can address. Soon, maybe. I think I think what this does, I, I think I think offensive tackle was like the linchpin, right? Like, I think the, the the tackle position was the thing that they just they desperately had to get getting that off the board. Now, value like I, we, they throw the word the, the, the best player available, a strategy they might want to employ here, because there could be a, a value that falls to them that they like. Or that they can make a small move up for like they did with Trent McDuffie. They didn't expect Trent McDuffie to be on the board at 23 whenever they traded up for him. So what did they do? They went out and aggressively made sure that they got him. It's the same kind of thing. Like they're in a position now where they can move up to go get just best player available. If somebody that they love just is sitting there. And if it's a tackle, cool. I mean, that's a terrifying offense. That's one of the... jawan taylor joe tooney creed humphrey trey smith and i i don't know call it darnell white darnell right uh anton harrison cow man good luck a a lot there good luck uh i i think it i just i mean that's a that's a nasty group that's an absolutely nasty group but if an edge falls you know, or yeah. if, you know, if a rec- they like one of the receivers, like everything. I just love how just this one big, bold, aggressive move. They What they bet on, they bet on their coaching staff to make improvements. They bet on a young prospect and a young player. And they potentially, if the payoff is, uh, we got a left tackle for cheaper than the market. Uh, and we've opened up a lot of avenues for us to finish the rest of this team out in 2023 i'm i'm just so geeked out about it do you have any other tackle spots or tackle thoughts or do you guys want to move on i I think maddie could
4: probably talk about tackle for another 40 minutes but let's move on let's let's show him a little mercy here i yeah i know this is already the second time please move
3: on let's please get off oh no actually i do have one more tackle talk andre dillard made 10 million dollars a year (laughs) ignore that like just just uh, (laughs) ignore that
4: (laughs) one that's an outlier (laughs)
3: It's a multi-year deal too. Nah. Yeah. I haven't seen the guarantees, so like maybe it's pretty pretty short or something like that. Just, you know, yikes.
2: I'm uh I'm glad we didn't elect to um talk about defense today and made sure that we talked about the defensive free agency stuff uh last week because uh, Marcus Davenport has signed with the Minnesota Vikings for one year, $13 million would have been off the board halfway through the show that we you were know talking about. We can
3: talk about potential defensive end fits like right now.
2: That's fine. If you want to throw if you want to, if you want to look and react to the market, there's some big, there's some big pieces that have fallen. Uh, Maddie, where where do you want to go? Your reactions to free agency? Cool. What, what do you want to do off the top? Like
3: let's yeah. start with Marcus Davenport.
2: All right, mm-hmm. go for it. So he goes to the
3: Vikings one year. 13 million dollars. That's a lot of a lot of cash for one year. They have a guy that is a little grumpy, not even grumpy, just wants out. Just have a guy that doesn't want to be in Minnesota anymore. They just signed a one year deal on another defensive end in Marcus Davenport. So uh Z'Darrius Smith, and I believe it was Garafolo that tweeted out that you know they're kind of set. He didn't say that they were moving on, but he said uh, but Davenport heads to the Vikings who are set to move on from Zedarius Smith. So Zedarius Smith about to potentially hit free agency? It's a guy that, you know, I think a lot of us wanted the Chiefs to sign last year, but there was some uneasiness over the back and everything because there was an issue of Green Bay. He played pretty darn well for the uh, for the Minnesota Vikings last year, right? And so I think he's a guy that would fit with what Joe Cohen does incredibly well. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. one. He's been with them before. I'm like 99% sure they cross paths in Baltimore, but he also with the way he plays now, the way he played in green Bay in Minnesota, where they moved him all up and down that line, put him head up over guards out wide. Like he's a guy I think would fit great. So like if he gets released, that's a guy I definitely have my eyes on. I would like that fit a lot better than a Mark Davenport on one year deal for 13. Yeah. Right.
4: I mean, and I'm wondering now if, if Davenport's $13 million, what a Leonard Floyd's going to get. Um, I, surely he's probably going to get more. I mean, he's certainly older, but he's been more consistent. We talked about him a little bit last week, a true three-down guy that can sign. And based on Jawan Taylor's current contract, You can structure a deal that involves Leonard Floyd and still fit him under the cap pretty easily, even if it's a shorter-term deal because that first-year cap hit for Juwan Taylor is so low. You can potentially get yourself a starting edge rusher, a starting guy that can play all three downs along with a starting right or left tackle there. You walk out of free agency with those two moves and just those two moves, (laughs) <laughs> you, that's a slam dunk. Like That's a slam dunk free agency for Brett Beach right there, let alone if he can sign you know, a wide receiver or come up with some other little pieces, defensive tackle, retain some guys. We'll see what happens there. But from the edge position, that's the next one that I'm really looking hard at. I know the Chiefs are probably going to look at wide receiver. We'll get to that in just a second. But that edge position right there, there's still a couple of pieces that are still on the market that are difference makers and needle movers for this team. So I'm keeping my eye on them for the next couple of days.
1: You are listening to KC Sports Network. your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
2: Yeah, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Appreciate everybody hanging out. Leave some comments. Tell us some of the players you want to see uh, play for the Chiefs, signed by the Chiefs. So Joe Colon confirmed coached Zadarius Smith in his time at Baltimore. Our
3: research team's good.
2: Oh, the research team is great, especially with the astounding confidence of, I think. um, 99% (laughs) sure, baby. There's another guy out there uh, that also played for Joe colon has shown an affinity for Patrick Mahomes and was cut by the Baltimore Ravens today. Calais Campbell. We don't have to spend a ton of time on Calais Campbell, but Oh, there's, there's a guy here. Paul DeSantis signed Calais Campbell as this year's one year mercenary. You know, I, I don't know what kind of money he's going to warrant at this point in his career, but there's still some, there's still some gas left in the tank for, for a Calais Campbell. I would not hate to see a high character football player, a leader, an experienced player like that, Come into Kansas City, play along that defensive line in a small in a rotational role. You don't have to like, he doesn't have to play, you know, seventy five percent of the snaps, but just find a rotational role for him, and let him and and let him thrive. I think it's a great culture fit, great locker room fit, and an on field fit that I would love to see the Chiefs employ, Maddie. I know you're a little bit iffy about it. Is that right? Kind of back and forth on it. I mean,
3: we're two years too late for me. We're two years too late for me to be like overly excited. I'm not upset if they do it, but if the move comes in, I also don't think it solves anything. I still think you need a nose tackle and a starting defensive end, right? Like he doesn't, it doesn't solve any of the issues. So I, I'm not upset if they do it. I would rather see them go after a Darius Smith or even a Rasheem Green, who I don't know if is any better, but at least he's younger and there's potential to grow into a full-time player or sign Greg Gaines or Shelby Harris when the Seahawks... Like I have a lot of other ways I'd rather use some money than on Calais Campbell right now, especially because I assume it's a one, two-year deal max, which means that cash is all going to be coming out right away. I don't think it'll be a lot, but it's still all going to be right at once. So I would I, I would just opt to spend that money a little differently.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Maddie there. Plus, Calais Campbell, a lot of time spent in a 3-4 defense playing 5-tech. Um, uh, y- you're really trying to have him come in and spell Chris Jones at this point. Not a guy that you're going to line up over the center and expect, especially with his natural leverage. I mean, 6'8", 300 pounds. His natural leverage is not as a one technique. Not to say that he can't be semi-effective, but the the packages that you are putting him in are kind of the Mike Dana rolls you know as a as kind of a, a interior dime pass rusher you're spelling Chris Jones a little bit i just don't know how much money he's going to ask for you want to tell me that he's taking a low money deal yes absolutely put him in the rotation i think he's got enough juice left he had five sacks last year at something like 12, 13 pressure, something like that. It it was fine. It, it's good number for the amount of snaps that he played, but not a guy that I'm willing to spend very much on, especially with the way that Joe Colen is getting guys to produce. Right now, I know it's only been one year, but we have seen the growth of a lot of young guys. Give me another gamble. I'd rather spend a day three pick on a guy to try and develop that maybe needs some seasoning, needs some growth, than maybe occupying it with a guy who's, really chasing a ring at this point now i will say this if he's available in july and they and the defensive line rotation is just kind of if
2: yes absolutely i just don't know that that's a move that i'm making right this very moment thanks everybody that's watching right now hit that like button hit the subscribe button leave some comments let us know who you want to see the Chiefs sign i'm sure we'll get a few up here on the board so you can kind of see that too but um yeah i i guess so Outside of, I mean, Zach Allen's another guy that you guys kind of threw out. 15 million, dollars. $15
4: million. Are you kidding
3: dollars? me?
2: Yeah, like, so... For Thick Dana. Thick Mike
3: Dana. Thick Mike Dana made $15 million a year. Good for like Mike. With the contract. My, Mike's got <laughs> a lot of
4: money coming his way soon.
3: <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, if you can kind of play defensive end and kind of play as a pass rusher on the interior, I guess the Broncos might pay you. Um, So, like, good, good for him. Good for them. Uh, the defensive end market hasn't really like gone crazy. Um, like you know, there's there wasn't a great defensive end like market to begin or like class to yeah. begin with, so it hasn't right. gone crazy. So it's just a bunch of it's a bunch of role players. I think Marcus Davenport was kind of like in, was your top guy. Some people like Leonard Floyd, but all the projections I see are pretty low for him. So yeah. maybe maybe we're just kind of off off kilter on that. I think I threw some nose tackles out there that I'd be interested in. Is there any other positions that uh, you guys think the Chiefs should kind of take a peek at
4: no just resign Colin Saunders just just do the mm. damn thing already I mean he, him and Greg he Gaines let's do it yeah him and Greg Gaines, I mean that that that's great if you do that I think that that shores up enough of the interior rotation obviously a big run on interior defensive linemen right now Draymond Jones appears to get 17 million dollars a year here that's good money for him I didn't expect him to be that far below Javon Hargrave and Daron Payne with how young he is and how much of a season he had last year. He's a really good pass rusher, like a really good pass rusher on the interior. So I, I don't know, but, um, yeah, that, that market seems to be drying up pretty quick here. So I wonder if we're going to see guys like Colin Saunders, maybe get a little bit inflated by some teams that missed out on the race, like the Cleveland Browns. Maybe they take a gamble on a guy like Colin Saunders at a little higher money than maybe the chiefs are willing to pay.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely paying attention to that. So uh defensive side of the ball, I think that we've got a lot knocked out there. I think the other big piece of this that we're all paying attention to now is wide receiver. Um doesn't seem I'm trying I don't think there's been a ton in the receiver no, market today at all. I don't think anyone has signed, have they? Robert that? Woods. Oh, that yeah, was that, a that was a cut. It right. wasn't like that's a it. free agent deal. That was old there, but yeah, yesterday. yeah, with the Texans, like that, like you, you still like and I, DJ Morris traded to the Bears. Like I mean, that Sterling Shepard
3: is going back to the Giants. Yes. I mean,
2: that's it. <laughs> it's just it's crazy. It's crazy to see what's going on here with the receiver group. But I mean, I, I'm I'm I don't know if anything's really holding up or what's holding it up. It does feel like there's a lot of guys that are you know, potential cut candidates or, you know, or were cut candidates. I mean, and you know, there's, there's not a top market. So do we think anybody's really willing to pay or is everybody kind of waiting and seeing what's going to happen with the receiver class before one of them blinks? Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of fascinated to see why, you know, we're eight hours and there hasn't been a, a real big wide receiver acquisition from anybody and no one's really put a price tag on any one of these guys. I find that very interesting, especially in what's,
3: A down wide receiver draft class. You would have thought people would be coming out and maybe throwing money at wide receiver early, but I also think it goes to the state of the wide receiver free agency class. It's not good. It's just simply not good. Even if the draft class isn't that good, the free agency class isn't that good. So I'm sure your guys at the top, your Jacoby Myers, your Juju Smith Schusters, even your Alan Lazards. I just named three of the top guys. They're all kind of the same player, though, right? They're all possession short to intermediate guys with some potential as yards after the catch guys, but none of them are wide receiver ones. None of them even offer like three, a three level threat or like any vertical ability to their game. So what are you willing to pay for that? If those guys are going to stand pat on their number, especially since no one's coming off the board, there's, they're saying, Hey, you guys aren't paying anyone. Someone's going to need a wide receiver eventually. A domino has to start falling. And I think the hold up right now is it, I mean, just, no one's there. There's not a good class. There's not a first guy to come off the board. So I don't know if there's a contract debate going on for the top guys or if just every NFL team's kind of like, I don't know what I do when my best wide receivers are all like mid wide receiver twos at best. Right. And
4: the reports from James Palmer say that Patrick Mahomes' phone Woo. is blowing up tonight with receivers that want to play with him. And when you look at this market, I'm not sure who that would be. Like, I mean, yeah, you're looking around because two of the top guys on the market were Chiefs last year, and maybe you know, I mean, yeah, of course, Juju has his number, and I'm pretty sure McColl has his number. So, I mean, like, you would expect that those would be the types of guys that they'd be talking about. But Palmer's report makes it sound like everybody in the free agent class wants to play with Mahomes. That would make me think that those guys aren't getting big offers elsewhere at this point, because if you are looking at the Kansas City Chiefs and you're looking at the cap space that they do have and you're trying to look for a bigger deal, it's probably not going to happen in this class. I can see a lot of one year deals, lower money, you know, two or three year deals, nothing that's like a break the bank. I want to come play with you for the next five years kind of deal. So if that's the case, yeah, you probably got a lot of these guys that are wide wide receiver two-esque type players that are sitting there calling him and being like, hey, man, get me in there on a one-year deal. Let's inflate my value. Let's try and blow this up so that I can get a bigger market next year. And that makes sense. It makes sense that those kind of guys would be playing. I do think that if there is a domino to fall, and I'm not sure that this is it, but if there is a domino to fall, it is Odell Beckham Jr., And I do think that there are teams that view him as a wide receiver one. It is one of those things that you look at and you say, "Okay, he's coming off an injury two years ago, did not play last year, but it was a very late ACL injury. I'm not sure that Odell Beckham Jr. was playing more than three games in the entire season anyway. And if that's the case, it's not like you're looking at that and going, oh, man, well, he set out not last year. Owners don't want to pay him. Nah, he, he was hurt. The owners didn't want to pay him for a, basically a three-game sample size. Now, reportedly, he looks healthy. The Chiefs were one of the teams at his tryout. I don't know. Maybe that is another domino that will fall. And once he basically sets whatever that top of the market is going to be, and I know that the reports were that it was – 20 million dollars that he was asking for and then other NFL writers came in and basically said nah that's that no 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 he and his people have not asked for that it remains to be seen when he's going to get I'm very curious because he might be the one that sets the top of it and then everybody else will quickly kind of shuffle in underneath that
2: it's crazy to think about but like Odell Beckham Jr. off that injury legit might be the best receiver in the free agent market.
4: That's how bad the the market is right now. And if if Juju was healthy, I think that he would be very firmly the top receiver on this market. I really do. But
2: I I do think that people wonder about his injury history. Yeah. And it's fair. I mean, it's entirely fair. Like a couple of thoughts. Jalen Ramsey goes for a third round pick and Hunter long uh, on the right, on the right side of 30 uh i know a lot of people are talking about nuke hopkins deandre hopkins do we think a do do we think the cardinals are getting a third for nuke now like no i mean absolutely not like that yeah i'm wondering i'm wondering if a fourth round pick does it like i think you know Chiefs have a couple I, i know a team with a couple of them um but I think that's the move. I think uh,
3: you guys are talking about Odell Beckham Jr. I think it's more likely that DeAndre Hopkins is the domino that everybody else is waiting for because there's probably exactly one wide receiver that any team, contending team cares about and it's DeAndre Hopkins and you have to trade for him. Uh, and so maybe that does push the value up a little bit, but like you could look back 28, 29 year old veterans that are on big contracts right now aren't being paid or aren't being traded for anything. I mean, Amari Cooper, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I, there's somebody else that I just had earlier that went, they got traded recently in this name like Realm. Like, those guys aren't going for a lot of money right now because you have to pay them. So you're not trying to give up big capital and they're kind of towards the latter end of their prime, right? So I think Hopkins is the big domino. I wish we talked earlier about just the Chiefs making two moves and calling it a day. Go trade for DeAndre Ooh. Hopkins and call it a free agency period. I'm good. Give them your, give them your third round pick. I don't care. Get him under the cap and just roll out and call it a free agency period. You just, you now have the Super Bowl favorite team again. And your first two round draft picks are completely open to whatever is available. You don't need a wide receiver anytime soon. You don't need, you don't have to have a tackle, but you could still use one. You don't have to get a defensive end, but you could still use like, everything's open. Like that would be my first move if I were the chiefs and I really hope that the uh, people blowing up Mahomes' uh, phone is just DeAndre Hopkins over and over and over again. And no one else. I mean,
4: he, He's been on the media tour, basically trying to like it begging for Brett Veach's number so that he can call him at this point. But we'll, we'll see. That's a lot of money. It's a, it's a free agent. That's on the wrong side of 28. And right now, Brett Veach already not signing guys on the wrong side of 28 as he made abundantly
2: clear this morning by signing joan taylor so we'll, we'll, we'll see yeah lots of lots of impact still in this offseason we'll be breaking it all down here on kc sports network make sure you hit that like button make sure you hit that subscribe button appreciate everybody that's hung out the kcsn draft guide on the way out you can pre-order it here link is in the description of this show uh whether you're listening or whether you're watching right now uh big first day for the kansas city chiefs there's plenty of news still to come i think can't wait to see how the rest of the off season unfolds and we'll be here at kc sports network breaking it all down thank you all so much oh by the way one real quick other thing uh congratulations to andrew wiley on getting a three-year 24 million dollar contract well deserved yeah. for you best of luck in washington uh that is two-time super bowl champion Two time andrew Two wiley time. Big time. Congratulations on going over there with Eric bien That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. We'll catch you later.
1: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts.